Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North, fresh, from the good, to the bad, to the Mariners. The Mariners, baby. The freaking Mariners. The freaking Mariners. We love them. All right, let's talk about them then. Why, why not? Let's do it. You know, That's since it. we since since we're in a lockout right now, if if we had an acon of the group locked up, they won't <laughs> let me out. It might be me, your boy, Coach Red. You can find me on Twitter at the real Coach Red or on Instagram at the real underscore Coach Red. Or if you want the guy, it's like caretaker from the longest yard. <laughs> he might be able to sneak you in a full fifth of kettle one vodka and Tito's. not get in trouble for it that would be his maniacal ass <laughs> lefty france <laughs> it's me lefty france follow me on twitter at lefty france on instagram at dfrance13 podcast page at Coach Red Pod, Insta, Twitter, follow it. Follow it, follow it, follow it, follow us, do it. Yeah. So Mariners offseason, along with everyone else's offseason, was derailed in early December with the MLB lockout. Uh, there have been no talks between the two sides, so nothing can happen at the major league level as of right now but i did see a little snippet did not read the story but apparently major league baseball and the players association are going to be meeting this thursday for the first time in over a month love to hear that so right now good things happening with the mariners their minor league players are not subject to the lockout so You've got uh, what used to be called gas camp for the Mariners is now the control the zone camp this year where you've got a bunch of your top pitching prospects that will be there, which includes Emerson Hancock, Brandon Williamson, uh, Isaiah Campbell. These are all guys that are going to be at that minor league pitching emporium. So it's something that you've seen a lot of MPHs bump up on guys in the past. So should be good getting some work with those guys. And then hopefully with spring training, pitchers and catchers typically are due to report uh, middle of February with spring training starting up, you know, early March season starting in April. You're hoping these two sides can come together for a couple of yeah. reasons. One, I don't want to miss any major league baseball. No. And two, the Mariners, oh, my God, there's so much hope and promise after the way that they ended last year. They make some moves early on in the time before the lockout that give you a lot of hope. And they are rumored and talked with a lot of key other free agents that, you know, 
can the Mariners at a negative 50 run differential can continue their success? Probably not, but with some key additions and some more development from their younger players, I think that they're in a good spot and they're an exciting and emerging team in major league baseball. And God, I'm going to be placing a futures bet on these guys yes, this sir. year for $50 hairs to, <laughs> to, to win me 2000. If they can make it the world series for the first time ever and win it, but yep. I'm excited and I am even more excited to watch more and more games, see more games in person this year. The buzz has been built around the Mariners and I am buying it. I'm slurping it up like a milkshake. Give me <laughs> seconds, please. Please. And thank you. Lefty. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry. I hit a little bit of puberty there. <laughs> Lefty, why don't you um, go ahead and hit me with the additions to the Mariner squad so far this offseason? They're, they're probably just little insignificant pieces, right? Uh, we got Robbie Ray. Reigning Cy Young winner, yep. Robbie Ray. Love that one. And Adam Frazier. Another all-star last year. Yeah. We love those two. I like all-stars. Yeah, all-stars are good. Real good. I mean, we needed a starting pitcher, and we got that in Robbie Ray. You got one of the best on the market at yeah. a fairly reasonable deal. Yep. Kevin Gossman, who has had his ups and downs, as well as Robbie Ray, but I would say that the downs for Gossman were lower than Robbie yep. Ray and the ups didn't touch Robbie Ray and they get the same amount of years and Robbie Ray gets five mil more and let's just rub some dirt in the wound. But the team that signs Gossman is Robbie Ray's team from last year. Yeah. In the Toronto Blue Jays. Yikes. That's just bad looks for the Blue Jays, but Plus, good looks for the, for the M's. Great Love looks. it. And Robbie Ray's strikeout per nine is otherworldly. Yeah, he's insane. He's like out of current MLB or MLB players in their see their like first thousand innings or first hundred starts was up there with the likes of prime Chris Sale. Yeah. It's crazy. So crazy, and he's on the Mariners now. We love it. I'm ready to wear some tight pants this summer. Yeah. Tight, tight pants. Um, and then, yeah, Adam Frazier. I mean, kind of a utility dude that – Primaries at second base. Yeah. Play but in outfield spots. Can, yeah, just play all over the place and is an all-star, I mean. On-base machine. Yeah. We, the dude before he was traded to the Padres – was batting like 325. Yep. Ends the season batting 280, which would be hands down leaps and pounds. <laughs> One of the top yeah. averages. Like if you when coupling him with Ty France, you got some high average guys there. Definitely. Definitely. That's a it's a good starting lineup. And 
I'm so excited for them to get back in the baseball because I'm, I just want to see what these new additions can do to help the M's make a playoff appearance and Hey, maybe cash your futures, futures bet. And God, I love it. Make you a richer, richer man. I would love it. But with the additions, there does come some losses. I'm going to start on the low end and work my way to the high end. Uh, low end, uh, shed long, not tendered by the Mariners, was a guy that was brought in from Cincinnati on a modest trade for us. Had some good moments. Uh, believe it was a walk-off grand slam. Yeah, and then another, I think, go-ahead home run the next the night or the day after. And problem with Shed Long was had a leg injury, came back a little bit too early, and he had some not-so-nice words with the Mariners towards the end of the season when they gave him his walking papers where he saw the potential on this team and might have rushed himself back before he was completely healthy. And that ended with him not having a job at the end of the year. I wish Shed Long the best. Great personality. He's got some wicked specs on him with the sunglasses. Yeah, but uh, Shed Long be moving on to some different pastures along with this other guy who had his moments, wasn't the biggest deciding factor in a lot of wins or losses, but really helped stabilize some positions at time of need. And that was Jake Bowers with a good yeah. lefty bat against speed signed a minor league deal. His, his deal was up. Mariners claimed him on some waivers. He uh, signs with Cincinnati on a minor league deal. Wish Jake Bowers all the, all the best as well. Yeah. And we go, then we go to guys that uh, major league, more, more major league level guys. And that's James Paxton who pitched a grand total of 24 pitches for the Mariners last year. Love to see tour, it. Love to see that. Somehow gets last year signed a one-year $7 million deal with the Mariners and gets a raise after pitching 24 pitches and gets 10 and a half from the Red Sox. Yeah, Another guy that lives in lore, has a no-hitter Canadian guy that, you know, the people in Seattle love to root for the Canadians love to root for him. Another guy that I wish nothing but the best for, but I, if, Hey, if you can get it, get it, man. Yeah. If you're coming off a year where you were injured again, you have injury problems in the past and get paid more money. Hell yeah, dude, get it. Go for it. Yeah. Biggest loss, especially when you look at the Mariners as they were constructed last year, is Kyle Seeger, guy that finished Man. with over, uh, over or right at 100 RBIs, 35 home runs, average number wasn't there, but where it typically is was a little bit lower. I think clocked in about 225, but a guy that's been Just with the Mariners for, I think this what ended up being. 10-year for him, but yeah, with service time ended up being his 11th year. Big send-off for him in the final game. A lot of emotion with the players because 
wasn't a guy that was outspoken. He was a lunchbox guy, bring bring it every single day, put in the work, and get to work. I think that he goes down as one of the Mariners' all-time greats and shockingly retires. This is a guy that went off on his own terms in his early 30s. He's still got some good baseball left in him, especially coming off of a career high in home runs. You expected the market to be good for him. You expected that potentially maybe since he loved hitting down in Texas, that maybe he wanted to team up with his brother, Corey Seager, who signs a monster deal with the Rangers. Yeah. But he decides to hang it up and be a dad, be a family man. And, you know, as time goes on, you look at it, especially more in the NFL, not a ton as much in Major League Baseball. But the guys that decide, I'm not going to play, but they keep getting that itch. Adrian Peterson is a prime example of that, where it's tough to give up the world that you've known for your entire life. And like I said, Kyle Seager, all-time Mariner, if, if he stays retired, I think that you put him into the Mariners Hall of Fame this year or next year. Make the playoffs or do it in a playoff game. Retire his number during a playoff game. Yes, I love because it. You look at Felix Hernandez and you look at a Kyle Seeger and you look at a decade for each of them of playing non-playoff baseball. It's a disservice to them for what they meant to this team. Yep. And I don't I'm actually excited that Kyle Seager will not play for another team so I can continue to wear my Kyle Seager to every single game that I go to. It's just a guy that should be up there with the Edgar Martinez's, the Ichiro Suzuki's, the Ken Griffey Jr.'s in Mariners lore. Like he is a guy, Felix Hernandez is another those are the guys that when you talk about your quintessential Mariners, Kyle Seager should be on your list. Definitely. I, he was the man. We loved him. He, he handled the hot corner. Yeah, he did. Handled it well. Um, as of today, um, with James Paxton signing elsewhere, Shed Long leaving, Jake Bauer leaving, Kyle C retiring that only really leaves two free agents from the team as they stood at the end of last year still available on the open market and one of those is Sean Doolittle lefty reliever came over late and was claimed off waivers or was traded after the trade deadline and the weird like we he's traded do you give him money it's not really traded but it's kind of a trade type of guy (laughs) Then you got Joe Smith, who was part of the blockbuster deal uh, mid-season, where Joe Smith had about a 70 RA with the Astros before he was involved in the Kendall Graveman trade along with Abraham Toro. When he came to the Mariners, dude ended up being bullets and nails. And he's up there in age. 
and really was a high leverage guy for Scott service. Wasn't in that closer spot, but in tough, tight situations, he turned to Joe Smith quite a bit. Joe Smith showed up and showed out. I mean, I think his ERA ended up being closer to the four to five range, which means if you're sitting at over seven and you can finish, uh, he he pitched extremely well for the Mariners. So it'll be interesting to see. He's up there in age. He's getting closer to 40. So we'll see what happens with Joe Smith. But he's he's out there and available. So left block. Yeah. We had some movement before the lockout deadline, but there are still some names and players out there. Um Let's start out with some realistic goals on guys that we think the Mariners can get. And to be completely honest, some of the realistic goals could be considered as dream goals, but I think that they're right in the crosshairs of the Mariners because I think they're in a spot where they've got the cap space to be able to sign people. Yeah. And at the same time, there is a stir and a buzz across Major League Baseball for this team. When you look at – the games that we were at down the stretch in the fanfare that you saw. I mean, you got a Wednesday night game against the athletics and (laughs) the stadium is maybe half full and it is one of the loudest stadiums that I've been in for a Mariners game in a two, one victory over the athletics. Love it. There's some buzz going. So who are some guys that you think could be realistic Adds you you get one I'll get one. I got Trevor's story. Honestly, I think this could be a realistic pickup for us. Uh, young he twenty eight yeah been he got hurt. I think last year I was dealing with an injury, arm injury, which yeah, has, he's traditionally a shortstop, but. I think the view around the league is that he's going to have to move to another position. Yeah. So I think that plays into the Mariners super utility roles where they've have Toro that can play second base, third base. You have Adam Frazier that can play second base outfield. So you've got position versatility. So I think that really opens the door for story. Yeah. And good bat. He's guy hits dingers. He, can he has hit him good outside average. of Coors Field, though? Mm, I don't think so. I hope so. If we want to get it, even <laughs> in Christmas. Yeah, he can hit dingers uh, outside the Coors while drinking Coors. Um, <laughs> but I think he's one of our better options to pick up right now. We could probably get him fairly cheap, maybe. For a cheap and well, for a, of the market. Yeah, exactly. And grab him for a couple of years, a year or two, maybe, and see see what happens. I think with him, especially coming off the injury year where his numbers definitely dipped after the all-star break, I think that it's a good position for him to sign a one to two year prove it type deal like a Marcus yeah. Simeon who did that with Toronto, I feel like this is the perfect spot for him to do that, which helps us this year, but doesn't block the super rising prospect of Novelli Marte that 
yeah. figures as a middle infielder of the future for the Mariners, where you can get him on that one to two year deal, give him his money now, but then also give him the opportunity to get that big payday that Major League Baseball players want to see before yeah. they before they uh, hit the twilight years. Yes, sir. Who you got, Coach Red? Guy I got is going to be more of a traditional third baseman can allow um, Toro and Frazier to split some time at second base, allows Frazier to move around the outfield a little bit, and that's Chris Bryant. I think this is a guy that if you sign him, you're going to be looking at a bigger deal than you would with a story, but you're also looking at a guy that has been an MVP contender where story hasn't. You're looking at a guy that's had consistent pop for years with the Cubbies and then as well with San Francisco when he was traded there. This is a guy that since he was traded in season, you're not going to have to worry about draft pick compensation for him. So I think that could be a determining factor on the Mariners really going forward and really aggressively going after him. And it seems like there's some mutual interest there. The crazy thing is, is with Bryant, there hasn't been a whole lot of suitors that were listed out there. There's only about two to three and the Mariners were on the short list of that. And I know that they've been talking, I believe he's a Scott Boris client. So he's trying to maximize value to, to wait, see what the market bears, especially with all these huge shortstop numbers coming in. But he is the premier look at third base, and he is a middle of the lineup, big pop type of guy. When you're trying to replace 35 homers and around 100 RBIs for a Kyle Seager, this is a guy that's a set it, forget it, put him, put him in your lineup, middle of the order. He's ready to rock and roll yeah. hardcore. Like, this is a guy that can help stabilize that void that you're going to get. It's not a young buck where if you're banking on an Abraham Toro to have a repeat of the second half of the year, you're going with an established veteran that has won a World Series with the Cubs, another franchise that went a long, long time without winning one, and really hopefully bringing the Mariners to the promised land. Yeah. Would love to see it. Love to see either of those happen. And I think that it's realistic that one of those two does happen. Yeah, definitely. Mariners have have the checks to write to be able to do it. Yeah. Let's see it, Ems. All right, let's go. Let's go one one realistic pitching option that is a free agent, which is actually a guy that I did not list on my free agents, but I think it's a guy that we both feel really strongly about being able to slot into a number five spot and give you quality outings week in, week out. Yeah. um, I've got possibly Zach Granke. I'm going to, I'm going to, before we go there, I'm going to go Tyler Anderson. Oh yeah, Anderson's a great one. I mean, Anderson had a streak proved, going yeah. like five innings. He had like the second longest active streak in Major League Baseball, going five innings, and he's gonna he's gonna give up a few runs. He's gonna sit there and through five, he's gonna give up two to four runs. Yeah, but and let, like don't pitch him against the Angels, please, because against the Angels, that was our kryptonite down the stretch. Like yeah. Angels absolutely obliterated him, but yeah, they did. 
He's a guy that's going to be a solid inning eater that can give you a little bit of stability, a veteran presence, a guy that you know that can really eat those innings and get you to the bullpen. You know, you're hoping with the addition of Robbie Ray that he's going to get deeper into games. Marco that you saw at the end of the year gets deep in the game. Same thing with Flexen. Flexen's give me a six to six to seven every single time he's out on the bump. Gilbert. Yeah you know, got better with that as the year went along. So if you're sitting there with your top four guys in the rotation, you can afford a little bit more of a bullpen day behind him because your guys are going to be more well-rested with the, you know, we'll get into it more when we talk about the rotation. I don't think that the Mariners have the top rotation, but I think they have a lot of guys that are extremely underrated for what they do. Yeah. No, I think Tyler Anderson will be good to bring back, and he did good. he did great. Relatively for us. cheap, yeah. Realistic. Yep. All right, now I like get, it. Now you can get into your dream guy. Yeah, my dream guy, uh, Zach Granke. I mean, older, but still, just year by year, gets it done. Like, doesn't matter how he does it, he just produces wins and it's it's crazy it's it's actually mind-blowing like looking at his stats he has one year where he had more losses than wins yeah i mean and he's been he's got cy young winner with the royals 13 years of major league Jeez. pitching it's it's insane yeah, he's he 38 Cy Young winner with the Royals. Yep. A um, lot of good years when the Diamondbacks the, were in contention. And then last even the years, Dodgers. Oh, Dodgers. And then he was also with the Astros last year. Yep. Like the guy's accustomed to winning. Yeah. And he even pitched with Milwaukee for two years and was 16 and six one year and then 15 and five the next year. It's. Then when he went with the Dodgers, he had his best season at 19 wins, three losses. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. Major League Baseball. With a 1.7 ERA. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. He, he, that's a dream right there. And even just this last year, like, he's up in age, still had 11 wins, six losses. I mean, the ERA was a little bit higher, but at 4.16, but – I mean, if you're bringing him in to be a middle of your rotation guy, because I think that if you bring Zach Grinke in at this age, he might push Marco for the two spot. But I think that Marco's done what he has for the Mariners to earn that spot. So that slots Grinke into your three. Are you joking me? I'll take a four ERA with a two to one win ratio. Yeah. In my number three spot. (laughs) Exactly. Yep, so that's that's my dream. Would love to see it. All right, my dream for the pitching staff would be a trade. Okay. So I heard that there's this fire sale that's going down in Oakland. <laughs> Their sewers are backing up. People want out of there left and right. And no more Billy Bean hanging around. No more Billy Bean. Billy Bean? Billy Bean. Is that the, the former GM? Yeah, I th- think it is. He gone. So what I would like to see is like – I call him Moneyball. 
yeah, money Billy ball's Bean. gone. So let's go ahead and it's going to be tough. This Wyatt's dream. It's going to be tough because you're dealing with a division rival. They're not going to want to strengthen your team unless they're getting something in return. They've got three guys right now that are all going into the last year of their deal that it sounds like they're open to moving all of them. You know, you have Chris Bassett, who was an absolute stud before taking a line drive off the face. You got yeah. Frankie Montas that is also a top-line starter. But the guy that I would really focus on that I think gets lost in the shuffle is Sean Manaya. This is a guy that has been uh, an ace or ace adjacent for the athletics for a while. And yeah. with him going into his last year under his current contract, I think this is a guy that you can really target and could be another great force in this pitching rotation. A guy that has some playoff experience. He has dealt with some injury, which is a little troubling, but we've seen it more often than not against the Mariners that when this guy is on, which he typically is against the Mariners, it's devastating. This guy is an absolute stud when his stuff is working, and it's addition by subtraction. You aren't going to have to face him down in Oakland. He's not going to have that game where he's dominating yet. And he's got great stuff. And I think that when you look at Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez both being lefties, you're not going to want to go three lefties in a row. So you bump flexing. So Sean Manaya would theoretically serve as your number four starter. Are you kidding me? This is a guy that has ace potential that would be slotting into your number four that would not cost you – one of your top flight prospects because he's a one-year rental you're looking at this where you could possibly give up you you could give up a starting pitcher in return but i don't think you'd have to give up a emerson hancock a george kirby or a brandon williamson i think that you can go to your second tier and starters and go with like an isaiah campbell that's a guy that's a top 10 guy for the mariners he's kind of at the bottom half but this is a guy that I think that you might be able to do that straight swap because yeah, Oakland's done it for years where they want that young controllable arm for many, many years. Those young guys, you know, if Isaiah Campbell comes back and bites us in the ass, I'll take that with the promise of my top three pitching yeah. prospects and Sean Mania for one year and a year that we're really trying to make that push. Yep. Like it. All right, Lefty, give me a give me a dream scenario for let's go with a hitter. Nelson Cruz. The boomstick. The boomstick. Bring him back. Bring him back to Seattle. Let the man just unload on balls. Take and rake. Yeah. Kent Murphy's dinger derby. Like, just let him rake. And we just want to see dingers. A lot of home runs in Seattle. Yes, a lot. Like, 40 plus. <laughs> I mean, if you're looking to replace some home runs that you're losing from Kyle Seeger, Nelson Cruz is a guy. Granted, he's up there in age. He cannot really play in the field for you. But if you're really looking for a DH, this is a guy that, you know, let let him put it out of the park. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's probably not going to sit there at that, you know, three, four, five spot. But if you're looking at Nelson Cruz as your six hitter, shut the front door. God, that'd be just incredible. Would love to see it. Who you got? Who's your dream? 
Oh, we we're dreaming. We're dreaming. All right, if you if you want to dream, um, this might be a nightmare to one person. That that uh, nightmare would be Evan White if we brought up this guy. His name is Freddie Freeman. Oof, Freddie, it's so good. Bring in Freddie Freeman into this lineup. I think that at that point you eliminate the story, you eliminate the Bryant, you say Ty France. Welcome to third base. Yeah. Welcome to DH. Abraham Torrey you can play a little third base as well. But Freddie Freeman is a set it and forget it, heart of the lineup guy. He plays elite defense. He's so good hits for average. He hits for power. Yeah. Couple that with the Ty France, who hits for average. And I believe his power numbers would have been higher last year, barring the wrist injury. The middle of this lineup turns into murderer's row, which we're going to get to with just what the lineup that they have today. But one thing that's nice about this lineup is it's long. And Freddie Freeman takes his walks. He has a high on-base percentage. He's a very complete baseball player. (coughs) Perennial all-star at first base for the Braves. He's a guy that if you could get him on this team, he's – he already signed a big deal with Atlanta back in the day. So it's not like he's a spring chicken anymore, but this guy has playoff experience and can really be a great stabilizing force to this relatively young Mariners lineup. This is a young lineup. And I think that you need a couple of key veterans that have good playoff experience that can guide these young pups into something big and i think freddie freeman is the epitome of that at first base for sure yeah freddie freeman that's a big dream but would love to see it but we dreaming yeah we be dreaming all right let's uh i'm just gonna do a quick rundown real quick uh as we sit today in the lockout what what we see as the Mariners starting lineup out in the field and their starting five-man rotation. So leading off at second base, Adam Frazier, which I think for us is huge. You're looking at a guy that's perennially, perennially, perennially. Yep, perennially. Yep, nailed it. (laughs) At a – plus 275 hitter. This guy is a high average guy, not a ton of power, but as we've said in previous podcasts, you need guys on base to get RBIs. <laughs> like yeah, the art of having do. guys on base, everyone talking launch angle, this and that, like, hey, let's get more guys on base and hit singles, doubles, and triples, you know, and then uh, the occasional home run. Guess what? More guys are on base, more runs you're going to score. And guess yeah. what? The more, if you score more runs than the other team, you're going to win more often. Crazy concept. It's nuts. Adam Frazier leading off at second base. Then you bring in J.P. Crawford at shortstop batting two. Average was up last year. Since coming to the Mariners, his average has ticked up every single year. You have gold glove caliber play with him. This is a guy that... Jerry DePoto has told him with the biggest shortstop class out there, 
that they were going to be targeting some of these guys that play shortstop, but they were telling J.P. Crawford that he is not moving off that position. That's a lot yeah. of confidence for a guy, and I think that he's the guy that is that emotionally swaggy leader, especially with Kyle Seary leading, leaving. This is the guy that is the heart blood to this team. And really Seattle loves them too. Seattle loves the man. Yep. Then I go to the three spot. For me, that's Ty France at first base. You're looking at a guy that has potential to be, he's a higher average guy. He does have some pop. I would expect to see a little bit more pop this year, but he's another guy that's, you know, power to the alleys. He's a big double guy. And if you get these two guys in front of him, you're going to be scoring a ton of runs this year. Yeah, for sure. Right now, for me, in my cleanup spot, I've got Mitch Hanniger, who yep. was another guy that was a plus 100 RBI, plus 30 home run guy. lot of pop is another guy that I think this team really galvanizes towards. He's not the most vocal guy, it seems. I'm not in the clubhouse. I can't tell you for sure. But this is a guy that is a set-it-and-forget-it middle-year lineup guy and has – in his one full healthy season was an all-star last year. I felt like got a little bit snubbed in the all-star selection process and got a little bit snubbed as well in the comeback player of the year because he hadn't played for a year and a half and comes back and has a year where he bats over 250, you know, over 100 RBIs and right at or above 30 home runs. I mean, it's incredible. It is incredible. Love to see that. Don't call it a comeback. He's been for here for a COVID shortened year. <laughs> yeah. Lewis, K. Lou, batting five. You know the rookie of the year dealt with injuries last year. There was a push to get him back towards the end of the year. Had some hiccups in the rehab, but I mean, if you're sitting with Kyle Lewis, sitting your five spot, you you are not sitting in a bad spot. Guy's got power no. range. Uh, speed on the base pass. He's a very complete baseball player. Just need him to stay healthy. All right, you want you want to go to six? Let's talk about the hottest riser at the end of the year. It's a guy that we had high expectations for going into the season. Got called up, had a dismal effort, and then came back and ended uh, the month of September batting two fifty eight, I believe, seven home runs, high RBI on base percentage kicked up and that's Jared Kelnick, Kelnick. Young, young, young player sitting at like 22 right now. Having, yeah. having that potential sitting in your seven spot. Yes, please. Yeah. It's, I think I have a good feeling this year is going to be a, a big year for Kelnick. Breakout. Breakout. Mm-hmm. Year. Then you go, you go to uh seven spot, a guy, currently on the team right now where could be moving to more of a super, super utility role. And that's Abraham Toro kind of there was a there. We've talked about it more than once about Kendall Graveman getting traded and how everyone felt about that. But Abraham Toro came on and I think he got on base in like 15 of his first 16 games of the Mariners. He's a bit on base guy. He does have some sneaky pop and, can fill a variety of positions for you and does see some pitches. So the one thing that if you really look at this whole lineup that we've talked about so far, the only guys that I would kind of exclude so far, Lewis Kelnick being young, 
because these guys see a lot of pitches and Toro's a guy that does see a lot of pitches yeah. as well, which is going to put a lot of pressure on these starting pitchers. Yeah, he's got great play discipline. Discipline can't speak. Then we go to the eight spot, and it's a guy that was kind of positionless for a little while, and then went back down to AAA, and then just learned how to rake. And that's Luis Torrens. I'm slotting him into the DH spot as of today, and Luis righty bat just when the ball. He laces some balls. Yeah. They he hits it hard. In a hurry. He hits it hard. And then for my nine spot, I'm rounded out. I'm going to put Cal Raleigh in the starting lineup. Yeah. Defense has improved. I know that you still got Tom Murphy on the squad, but I think that if you're looking really towards the future, that Cal Raleigh is going to see more played appearances, more innings than you are going to see from Tom Murphy. I think the potential is there, and you see – You've seen Cal Raleigh step up in some big-time spots with some big-time hits. You know, you look back at the walk-off, not walk-off, but eighth-inning grand slam by Dylan Moore that had us all hyped for a week. Yeah. You know, a couple innings before that, the base energies for Cal Raleigh, and he has a bases-clearing double that just screams Huge. to the right center gap. So, yeah. Cal Raleigh's got a lot of potential, and he has a lot of heart, and I think a lot of guys want to play – with and around him having that as your nine hitter you know you're not expecting big offensive numbers from catchers besides salvador perez yeah but i think calorelli has the potential to be in a above average hitter in the catcher spot for the major league baseball and he gives you good defensive work behind the dish yes sir then we'll slot over to the rotation i mean there's no question on who the ace is now, and that is Robbie Ray. Robbie. You're sitting there with a guy that has impeccable strikeout numbers per nine. This guy is the reigning Cy Young winner. He's still fairly young. He comes in. He's fired up. He's ready to go. And then that bumps your ace for the last two years of Marco Gonzalez down to the two spot, which was Marco a true number one ace? Probably not. He was like a 1A for me. But, gosh, damn, if I wouldn't take Mark over most number twos. Except for, like, the super pitching staffs where you have a couple side young winners. Yeah, exactly. Going up against the Dodgers that have got, like, these young bucks that are side young contenders. And you got Scherzer and you had, you know, Clayton, Kershaw. Like, okay, yeah, they'll take that, but. Most guys, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Marco Gonzalez over most twos. He's a gritty bulldog from Gonzaga, actual bulldog. Yep. Yes, sir. Little, little hiccup at the beginning of the year, but finished the year extremely strong, and I expect to see that for him into the next year. Next guy, biggest surprise for most people. We called him as our breakout contender and probably the top pitcher on the Mares. That was Chris Flexen. Flexen. KBO, righty. High win percentage for the Mariners. They tend to score more runs, but he also came out and dominated. You slot him into a number three, and I take him over most number threes in the league. Then you slot in next at the number four spot with Logan Gilbert, who had a stretch where the Mariners won 10 10 to 12 consecutive games with him on the bump. He got better as the year went along on getting deeper in games. 
And he was a rookie last year, gets the call up somewhat early in the year and helped stabilize the rotation with all of the injuries that they had to their starting pitching staff. When you look at Mark Havages, who started the season, they were running a six-man rotation, Justin Dunn, Justice Sheffield, James Paxton, all these guys go out. And then Logan Gilbert comes in and can give you five, six innings and really stabilizes the rotation. And I think as number four, he's a guy that has – I don't know if he has ace potential, but he has top of the rotation potential. And having that guy slotting into your number four spot is nothing to bat your eyes over. No, he's, I like Gilbert. You forget that he was brought up just this last season. We were there. Yeah, we were there. We witnessed. And then right now for the five spot five spot in the rotation uh depoto and service said next year they're not going to go with the six man you last year they kind of leaned towards the six man because you've had some guys coming back from injury like james paxton you had the shortened season so they're worried about innings on these guys arms so they went with the six man and you had a couple of these guys in that six man rotation but i think that as of right now without adding another starter you have three guys that are battling it out for that number five spot and that's Justin Dunn, Justice Sheffield, and Nick Markavichis. Yep. So Dunn gives you that righty presence. Markavichis and Sheffield give you another lefty, which as of right now would put four lefties in the rotation and only one righty in Gilbert. Or not Gilbert. Oh no, two and two. We're two and two. So yeah. I got Flexen and Flexen and Gilbert are both coming from the right side. Yeah. Justin Dunn had issues with walks, but his whiff rate is one of the highest in Major League Baseball. If he just let his defense play a little bit, I think that you could see more success out of him and see him getting deeper into games. Definitely. Justice Sheffield, former top prospect, there are times when he is sitting there just wheeling and dealing, looking like the best pitcher on planet Earth, and the next game he can't get out of the second inning. <laughs> so consistency is what I want to see out of Justice Sheffield. And then Nick Markavichis is not the biggest name of these three, but he came in in that short season and pitched really well, got injured early in the year, couldn't finish the season out, but he's another guy that can give you a good option from the left side. Yep. So – in conclusion, <laughs> the Mariners are. We fun. love the Mariners. The fun, yes. like last year was the year of the fun differential, and I'm looking for Scott Service, who was robbed of manager of the year. Absolutely robbed. Yeah. I'm looking for the fun differential to turn into run differential this year. And I think that the Mariners should be on the positive side of the run differential. And I think with some of the pieces that they've added and some of the pieces that they can add going forward, they're positioning themselves to be right in the running with the Astros at the top of the division, if not overtake them, because the Astros have more star power, but the Mariners have the grit and the length in this lineup, even as it's laid out right now, I mean, if we add some of these dream or realistic candidates, it bumps some of these guys out of the lineup and makes this lineup even longer with power and average. It's insane. It is crazy. We love the Mariners. 
I couldn't have said it better myself. We love the Mariners. We're excited. We're hoping that this meeting coming up on Thursday is going to solve some of these problems. Yeah. With this. Get it rolling. Come on. Get your get your ish together. Get it together. Some baseball. Baseball. That's going to wrap it up for us on our uh, in the lockout. We're locked down. Locked down. But we still want to talk about the Mariners. So follow us on the social media. You can find me, Coach Red, on Twitter at the Real Coach Red, on Instagram at the Real underscore Coach Red. If you're looking for a little lefty in your life, where can you where where can they find you? Follow me on Twitter at Lefty France and on Instagram at dfrance13. Follow the pod at Coach Red Pod. Twitter and Instagram. Follow us, follow us, follow us. Do it, do it, do it. You won't regret it. Or you might. Yeah, like, you might regret your prerogative. it. But you know what? Who cares if you regret we, it? We At promise, least you follow. We promise to be better. Yes. <laughs> Just 1% better each day. <laughs> hey, after 100 days, that's 100% better. After a full year, 365% better. I mean, those are pretty good odds. Yeah. We feel like the Mariners have some pretty good odds on making the playoffs. And we feel like that you have pretty good odds that you will enjoy this podcast. Yep. So, as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.